You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hello, everyone, and thank you to Mike Ross for that fine intro. Welcome to Leaf Sky Episode 12. Before we get going, you've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can become every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup. Feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. A simple lineup of players will stay under the salary cap, sit back, and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over. Are you ready for this? $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, and so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app, sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details now to the Leaf story, episode 12. So going to spend some time going over what happened to the Leafs this week. We have two guests. Rob Leth is a freelance reporter in Toronto. He'll be our first guest with sort of an overview conversation on the Leafs. And then Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio, and NHL.com will come by. And we're going to spend a lot of time marveling and reporting on Austin Matthews. The Matthews-Thornton-Marner line has uh, really lit up Ottawa. They had 11 points in the game Thursday night. And this week, in the games against Ottawa, Matthews has eight points, Thornton six, Marner five. That line absolutely torched the Ottawa Senators. And Austin Matthews is just blossoming. I mean, Marner's really good and is having a great season, but Matthews is a game-breaker. So we'll spend a lot of time on that. In the game Thursday night, the Leafs really atoned for that giveaway Monday night where they let Ottawa, well, they just gave the the, the point away. They, they got the point for going to overtime, but they had a 5-1 lead, blew it on home ice, lost 6-5 in overtime. Absolutely disgusting. Stirred up all kinds of memories of the past where the Leafs just uh, were out for, I guess, a skate and thought they had the game under control, maybe showing a lack of respect. And and I don't know what that was on Monday night. And, and I don't connect the dots to what happened Saturday night where Montreal just started to hit the Leafs and, and took the game from the Leafs. That was a takeaway on Saturday night by Montreal, and Monday was a giveaway by the Leafs. Nice tight-checking game on Wednesday as the Leafs got by Ottawa 2-1, to and then Thursday night, 7-3 the final with people out of the lineup. Hyman was out, and they had to move Kerfoot up with Tavares and Nylander, and that second line actually had some moments. They clicked for five points, so not a bad night for them. Uh, the third line was Engvall, Mikheyev, and VC, and Mikheyev scored a goal, so nice to see him starting to hit the score sheet. And the fourth line had Boyd, Patan, and Spezza. And what's noteworthy about this, we'll, we'll talk about this with our guests later on, is that for the first time in a while, 
We're not concerned about lines two, three, and four. They did a nice job, and we were never concerned about the top line. But with Thornton back, that is, you know, that line has been great all the time. But with Thornton back, a bit of a renaissance there. Not concerned about the blue line, even though they went without Bogosian in the Thursday night game. The, the five six pairing was Letnin and Dermott. Okay, not an issue there. Hutchison in goal, and he turned in a, a solid workmanlike performance. Although the numbers really jump off the page, made thirty four saves on thirty seven shots. But you'd like to have Campbell back, and you'd like to be sure that Freddie is okay and there's no injury bug there. So the Leafs had an interesting week. They set at 13-3-2, 28 points, tops in the league. We'll play yes guy, no guy at the end of our interviews. Now let's welcome in our first guest, Rob Leth, a freelance reporter in Toronto. So, Rob, uh, Thursday night, 7-3 over Ottawa. It was, it was the Leaf-Ottawa game we were expecting to see, but didn't see it in the other two, really. And that that top line is just unbelievably strong. Nothing the Sens could do about it. Well, yeah, you were saying uh, we didn't see it for the first two games. We saw it for a lot of game one until that uh, unfortunate uh, defensive lapse against the Senators. But, uh, yeah, full 60-minute effort, I'd say, against the Senators last night. And I think, um, you know, a somewhat surprising star of the game was Michael Hutchinson. Uh, he didn't look too good on the first goal against Tim Stutzla, but I think he made 34 out of uh, 34 saves on 37 shots, something like that. And yeah. he made some big saves to stop Ottawa from, you know, thinking about making another comeback uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, but that's how, I mean, that's how precarious everybody's lineup is. And, and we're not even talking about, uh, thankfully, infections, but, you know, with the injuries and the uh, compressed schedule that you could go from a number one to a number three goalie, fairly fast and, and that could happen up front i think one of the, the pluses the leafs have is they have extraordinary depth all over that roster well we're seeing that right now uh you know um um zach hyman's out um wayne simmons is out um two of their their tough net presences in front of the net um joe thornton you know picked up the slack last night 41 years old he gets three points the oldest leaf to ever get three points in a game did it all in the first period and the chemistry that he's showing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner uh, is just incredible to see. And if you want to get the second line going, I know Nylander scored last night and Tavares scored with Mitch Marner on his line. But I'm, I'm thinking maybe a go with a guy like Jason Spezza on the wing. Uh, you see what Joe Thornton's doing on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Maybe try Spezza up there, who's a, you know, a pass-first kind of guy. And he can establish himself in front of the net. Um, you know, a great center, winning a lot of face-offs, important face-offs. But I wouldn't mind seeing him on the left side on the second line to see if he's a guy that can maybe get Nylander and Tavares going on a more consistent basis. This was the first game for me going back uh, a number of games, uh, probably back to the, the game in Montreal. So it, it's, I'm going to go back four games where uh, the second, third and fourth lines looked uh, not settled. They didn't, they didn't look like they were contributing, but last night I, I thought you saw something out of each of the four lines. Of course, the headliner is the top line, but, but you were noticing positives from the other three lines which isn't always said. And that goes uh, to the depth as well. Um, just guys that are coming in and out of the lineup, especially on the fourth line and, you know, making their presence felt. And I, I think they're hungry. You know, when you have a situation like that where guys, uh, you know, are going to get maybe one or two games a week, uh, they're going to want to give it their all in that situation. A guy like Travis Boyd is almost putting up a point per game and getting less than 10 minutes of ice per game. And when you make an impact like that, you're going to get the call again. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating to watch, and and you know sometimes I want to temper my analysis because of the way the NHL has has put this together. I mean, you, you really can't hang on one game. If you go back to last week, 
I, I think there was a, a danger of connecting the dots between the loss to Montreal and the, the blown opportunity against Ottawa on the Monday night. Those were different losses to me, and, and, and I would actually categorize them as schedule losses in that you're not going to win every game, you're going to dip in your performance, and those two teams took advantage. Now, the Monday game is, is, is absolutely a no-fly zone. That can never happen again. But the Montreal game, I mean, when you think of it, the Leafs had the lead, one nothing lead, and then the Habs just hit them time after time after time and wore them down. It was like watching a boxing match. And, you know, I, I mean, that's going to be effective. I don't know if that would be effective in a seven-game series, but every once in a while, a team can do that to the Leafs and succeed. And when you look at the schedule being what it is, uh, you look at, ahead to this Saturday now, another game in Montreal, the Leafs just played Ottawa three times. They're not in the same class as the Montreal Canadiens. The Leafs are going to be yeah. somewhat tired from those three games, and Montreal hasn't played since that last game against Toronto. Uh, I guess the good news for the Leafs is that Freddie Anderson looked sharp in the uh, the second game against Ottawa, and he was given the full night off on Thursday, and he's going to be well-rested for Saturday's game. And you hope that he's the guy that can make a difference and maybe push the lead to 10 points over the Montreal Canadiens this early in the season. Yeah, regulation win would do that. And, and there's your narrative for the game Saturday night. The Leafs look tired or they don't look tired. or Montreal hasn't played for a week. They, they look well-rested or, oh, they just can't get it going. <laughs> it's all well, it's already set up. And then you expect a guy like Joe Thornton to be tired, especially playing on back-to-backs after being out for a month with a fractured rib. And he comes out and gets three points in the first period and looks like the Joe Thornton, uh, you know, of his rookie year. Yeah, he looked great. And and anytime he accomplishes anything, just put the tagline in the oldest leaf to do this. (laughs) I just, Austin Matthews to me is, is, uh, I mean, he's just the best guy on the ice. Every game, uh, you can debate when they play Edmonton, but he is head and shoulders above everybody else except Connor McDavid. And I think his goal scoring skill is getting better and better. He's adding more tools to the arsenal. I thought in his first couple of years, it was wrist shot all the time. And now he's kind of getting open on the, uh, on the, on the right side near the hash marks, kind of like Ovechkin on the opposite side and has developed that one timer slap shot that he didn't have the first couple of years. It seemed like he fanned on it all the time and couldn't really get it off. But now he has that weapon and just the quick release. And now playing with Mitch Marner all the time, you really see the chemistry and, uh, that one pass that Marner made to Matthews last night and the quick hands uh, in front of the net to get it in. I, I don't think Matt Murray has seen that goal yet. It was just that's, so that's, quick. and It's a lethal release, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know how he, he sees what he sees and gets it off so quickly and um, does that at such a high rate of speed. And then Mitch Marner as well. He's He's shooting more this year, which makes it, that much more dangerous for for Matthews too because you have to respect the shot for Mitch Marner you can't expect he's going to pass it every single time to Matthews so when you have that dynamic both guys get that much more dangerous that line had 11 points I mean that's just stunning Uh, I I want to talk about Kerfoot who played with Tavares and Nylander he had a couple of assists that line had five points Kerfoot to me is an intriguing guy because you're expecting him to just sort of claim that that third line center job, but I think his best performances are when he moves up. And I don't know how often you almost hope that doesn't happen again, because that means there's an injury, but he did, he did look good in that line. And, and when Thornton went out and he got moved up, he looked good there too. He's a, uh, he's a gritty little forward, isn't he? Um, yeah. Not really. I wouldn't say he's like a Darcy Tucker, but he's, he's not a big guy, but he's got some sandpaper to his game. And he can get those loose pucks along the boards, which I think helps make him an effective winger. And 
his speed is effective as well. John Tavares isn't the quickest guy. Nylander is. But uh, when you have that, uh, again, that sort of dynamic uh, on a line where different guys are doing different things to help each other out, um, I think he's a good fit there. And um, as much as I'd like to see Spetsa get an opportunity on that wing, I thought Kerfoot did an admirable job filling in. Yeah, actually, it was the game that Matthews missed where they put Kerfoot on that centering that line where he looked really good. Uh, unfortunately, there's been some complaint about his his regular role, the third line center, but uh, season's young and plenty of opportunity to, to pick that up. So the Leafs sit at 13-3-2, and two, uh, clearly the best in the league with points, 28. Um, what are your questions about this team? Because, I mean, you could absolutely go nuts about how positive this situation is, You can, or you can hang on the, the blown opportunity against Ottawa and the loss to Montreal. Where are you in all this? I, I think the blown loss against Ottawa was an anomaly. I don't think you'll see that again. I think they've proven this year that they're a far better defensive team than they've been in years past. There's been several games where they've held the opposition to uh, well below 30 shots. It's kind of creeped up a little bit in the last week or so, but I, I think they're a strong defensive team overall. I think what remains the biggest question for me and will not be answered until the playoffs is how good is Freddie Anderson? He, he shows glimpses of being one of the top goaltenders in the league. He makes incredible saves every once in a while there seems to be a lapse and he lets in a goal that you like to see um you know that you'd like to have it back he needs to step up be that you know 930 940 save percentage guy in the playoffs um if the Leafs want to win at least one series and I know they want to go well beyond that yeah I mean it is an interesting contrast to in the past because they don't rely on him as they have in the past. So he's almost got a different role, if you can say that about a goalie. I think what he has to do now is make the key save at the right time. And he's done that for the most part. Uh, but you'd, you'd like to see maybe just a little more, maybe maybe a little more of a factor in the game, but, but that would take away from what everybody else is doing. So he's kind of hard to read, isn't he? Yeah, I just want to see the consistency from him. Um, you know, he, he didn't get the job done on Monday against Ottawa. Um, the whole team didn't play well in that collapse, but he re he rebounded on Wednesday in the 2-1 win and was probably the star of the game. So that's what you want to see. You want, you want to see that fight, but overall it's the consistency that you want to see from a number one goalie that's going to give you the confidence that he's going to make the save each and every game. Uh, we'll end on this one. Uh, this is one thing I don't think I've ever said. I think I'd have to go back to the Pat Burns teams in, in the early 90s, uh, but their defense was different. They just kept everybody to the outside. Uh, and, and, you know, you could have 40 shots on them, but there were no second chances. Uh, this is this might be my favorite Maple Leaf blue line. How about you? I really like the uh, the way it's set up. Uh, Morgan Riley with TJ Brody is, uh, you know, you have Riley who free wheels and can attack the offensive zone while TJ Brody stays back and, you know, mines the fort. And then the second pairing, I think, is the most important one, probably defensively on this team. Jake Mutz, Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall, uh, just, you know, two towers of, of strength back there. And um, I think it was last year where I really started to notice Hall in a game against Edmonton where he completely shut down Connor McDavid, which is obviously easier said than done. Um, just a guy who has blossomed a little bit late here, but is, there's no chance he's coming out of the lineup anytime soon. Uh, he's established himself as a top four guy. And uh, again, paired with Jake Muzzin, um, that's got to be one of the top defensive pairings in the league. Yeah, I like them. And, and the, the five, six guys, when it's Dermot and, and Bogosian, I like that. And 
Lettinen can play. And so you've got depth there. And Sandine is on the outside looking in. But, you know, if there's ever any kind of a problem back there, then the, the replacement part is, is just sitting there waiting to go in. Yeah, it's nice that they have that on forward and defense. Um, just guys that are, again, hungry to come in. And uh, for the forwards, too, um, you know, I keep talking about the second line who I'd like to see on the left wing. Ultimately, I think Nick Robertson is the guy who's going to get the shot and, you know, really establish, uh, establish himself as another, you know, big scoring threat on this Leafs forward attack. Rob, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Yes, guy. On to guest number two now. He is Dave McCarthy, Sirius XM NHL Network radio host and a reporter for NHL.com. Well, Dave, that's a, an interesting week. If you go back to the loss against Montreal and then the loss, well, the giveaway. I, I mean, if you look at that, Montreal took the game from the Leafs and the Leafs gave the game to Ottawa. And then there's a tight checking game and the one on Thursday night where they just exploded on Ottawa. That's an interesting week of hockey for a team, isn't it? It is. Um, I will say that there was starting to be a little bit of an element of concern in my mind um, after what happened on Monday with, as you put it, the giveaway. And I like that. It, that's exactly what it was. They gave Ottawa that game. Um, but there were some bad habits seeping into the Leafs' play. They won the last game against Vancouver by playing essentially only the third period. Um, then they won the game on the Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens, essentially by only playing the third period. Um, then they tried to do the same thing on Saturday, and, and it didn't go their way. And then on the Monday against Ottawa, they went up 5-1 because they're clearly a dominant team. And then they shut it down, and they figured, well, it's going to be points night. We can continue to cheat. We can Why, why not make this 9-1 um, instead of just making sure we don't give up the second, and it got away from them. So I was a little bit concerned, uh, but it was good to see them lock it in a little bit more um, systematically on on Wednesday and win a tight checking game. And then I thought uh, I thought on um, what is today Friday Thursday against Ottawa, they were far and away the better team for the majority of that game. So that was good to see the arc kind of build back toward an upward trend. And now. The test will be on Saturday, Jim, to face the Montreal Canadiens team that, you know, I think you can make the argument is the second best team in this division, but will be well rested having not played, if you can believe it, since last Saturday. Well, th that could go either way, though. I mean, the Leafs could go into that game being really tired or rejuvenated. Montreal could be rested or or not quite sharp. It, it's hard to know how that game would unfold, but there's plenty of anticipation. There's no question about it. And as time goes on, and we see Austin Matthews on a regular basis dominate games, uh, you wonder, you know, how far he could take this. I, I see no sign of that uh, shortening or, or or being pulled in. I see him just continuing to grow. Well, as William Nylander suggested last night, um, he's just picking goalies apart right now. They don't even stand a chance. And for uh, a guy that I wouldn't exactly consider to be a wordsmith in William Nylander, I thought that was a pretty good quote. Um, and it's true. The way Matthews is scoring goals right now, um, the, mark, the mark to me, Jim, of true greatness is when you watch a guy and he just makes it look like you could do it too. And then you realize that there's just no way. But, but you know what I mean? Like he's just making it look that easy out there. And it shouldn't be. It's not. 
it's not that easy to score, but he's making it look that way. So, um, what what is the uh, the equivalent of fifty goals in this uh, fifty six game season if you were to prorate it over eighty two? Something like thirty four. I mean, I think he's going to get thirty four uh, without question. He's he's, he's only got uh, I think eighteen left. Think he's going to get there. Question to me is. Can he get up around 40, 45? Can he knock on 50's door? Um, the, the way he's going right now, I, I don't see it as, as something that's far-fetched. Um, and, and I think, quite honestly, uh, again, as Joe Thornton said, I think it was on Wednesday night, not only should he be in consideration for the Rocket, I think he's, he's probably the leading contender right now. Um, and that's, of course, just statistical. But he should be in contention for the Selkie and the heart as well. The way he's playing when he doesn't have the puck, the way he's forcing turnovers in the defensive zone, and then what he's doing from the offensive standpoint, it just speaks for itself. And I think it's okay, Jim, for folks in Toronto um, to start advocating for Austin. Because I, I really do believe this, and I, I think people might roll their eyes. And I want, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on this, because you've been covering the team a long, long time as well. Um. I think at times it does work against guys to play in Toronto when it comes to uh, their candidacies for awards like this because everyone seems to be reluctant to get on board and advocate for a guy lest people suggest, oh, well, of course, the Toronto guy is advocating for the Toronto player. Um, I think people are reluctant to do it. So I think it works against guys. But now, my goodness, there is nothing more that Matthews could do, I think, to be in consideration for, for all three of those awards. Well, he is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he is dominant uh, when you see him on the ice. He um, travels at a different speed than everybody else, and I'm talking about upstairs. He's, he's you know, processing the game. Uh, the shot is uh, lethal in terms of quickness and heaviness. Uh, he's physically imposing, hard to deal with. Uh, but I have to say, you know, in terms of what you were saying about uh, about trumpeting this guy, the Leafs have never had a talent like this. Right. That was timely. The Leafs... <laughs> you uh, you've got the best ear of anyone i know jim you can't slip a background noise by on you i'll tell you uh, no i mean they've never had a talent like this they've no. had some, some 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 great hall of fame players but this guy is a game breaker this guy is dominant he's he's big he's uh, imposing he's fast his shot is heavy he thinks the game well he's a game breaker i you know i can remember other leafs that that were uh, game breakers, but if you go back into the '60s, even though there's a really good collection of Hall of Fame talent, that was an ensemble cast. There were people that could, could rise to the occasion, like a Dave Keon from time right. to time. But it was the team, uh, and I'm not saying that that the team isn't good here. It is good, but this guy is like he's a going concern out there. Yeah. He's gonna, at some point, he's going to demand double coverage, and I don't know how you how you shut a guy like that down with the rules that the game has right now. Well, that's the thing. Like back in the day. Um, I, I don't. I, I really hesitate to make comparisons like this because people go right to the, the 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 extreme. But that's not my intention. The point is, when I watch Matthews' game, in in terms of all time greats, to me, there's a lot of similarities to the way Mary Lemieux game. Yeah. He what you know, Lemieux was not a a, a burner the way, um, you know, some guys were. He wasn't the most fastest guy, but he was a really big body who had a great reach, who used his size effectively when he got to his, his, his pinnacle. Um, but his vision 
uh, was was second to none, and the way he could just carve guys um, in in the defensive in the offensive zone in his case um, without really making it look all that difficult. There's a lot of similarities there, but in that era, you watch some of the old clips and and what Lemieux had to go through. You watch some of the highlights. I count like ten minor penalties oh. on on some of the goals that he scored: a hack, hack, slash, trip. You know, you know all that hold, and he still finds a way to do it. Matthews in this era, you can't do that. So they couldn't stop Lemieux back then. I don't know how you stop um, Matthews nowadays. The way he is playing. And I agree with you. The Leafs haven't had a talent like this really, like, ever. Like, Matt Sundin was a really good player, a, a great player. But I don't think he was ever in the conversation in, in the top five in the league in any particular year. Um, you know, Curtis Joseph was a great goalie. Uh, he was nominated for the Vesna, I think, a time or two. Ed Belfour, same thing, but he never won. So that goes back to my point. Like, if you're in Toronto theoretically and you play under all this media attention people are watching you all the time you would you would figure that a really great player but maybe not elite would get a bump and would be in the conversation for awards like the Hart or the Vesna or the Norris uh, maybe more so than they would be in a smaller but that's not the case that's never happened so that's my point is that playing in Toronto um, I don't think gives you a, a, a leg up um, or a bump for any of these awards. If anything, I think it's a hindrance. I think you got to be better than all get out to start getting advocation uh, for folks in Toronto because I think people are concerned to appear as a homer. But now with Matthews, the way it's going, man, you don't have to be shy to advocate for this guy because he's earned earned every every possible aspect of consideration. Well, I, I think what you're you're getting around to is uh, there's there has to be a legitimizing moment. And that would be a Stanley Cup win. And I, and I could see him leading them to a Stanley Cup. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's going to happen this year, but sometime in the next three years. And, and this year might actually be a, an opportunity because of the setup. Uh, not that you'd want to win a cup because of the setup. But but having said that, I mean, if you, you have something that can't be taken away, like he led them to the Stanley Cup. He won the Conn Smythe Trophy. He led playoff uh, all playoff uh, skaters in, in scoring because it, it looks like he may uh, – you know, he's certainly going to outscore everybody this year, so that that's impressive. Uh, but he has to have something like he has to have something that that you can attach to his name. He's yeah. Done this. He doesn't look good. He, it's not that he just he's just looking good. He looks good, but he did this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if if he puts fifty in this year in fifty six games, or in his case fifty five because he's missed one, um, that that'll do it for me for the heart. Like that, it's over with. Um, obviously the voting gets conducted, um, uh, before the, uh, the, the cup is won, but, but, but I agree. I think, um, that's going into a different conversation to me, like to, to truly be considered among the pantheon of all time greats, you, you got to win, right? Otherwise, oh, yeah. yeah, otherwise you're just a really good player that put up a lot of points. I mean, Connor McDavid's going to deal with the same thing. People compare him to Sidney Crosby all the time. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry. There is no comparison uh, there at all, no matter what McDavid does, until he puts at least a one in his Stanley Cup column. It, the conversation can't begin. Crosby's got three. He's been to four Cup finals. He's won the the golden goal, uh, the uh, the Olympic gold medal uh, twice. He scored the golden goal. Um, he's a great player, all time great player. I mean, it's it's wild that McDavid and Crosby both reached uh, 500 points in the exact same amount of games. 
but but Crosby, there's uh, there's a level of team success there that elevates him. So Matthews is going to have to 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 knock on that door as well uh, before he can be considered uh, an all-time great. You got to win. You got to win cups. It's amazing how a guy who um, you know, 20 years after their career, how his how his uh, I guess level of cachet is elevated when you can announce a guy at you know a dinner where he's given a talk or an autograph signing is not just a heart trophy winner or or a thousand point getter in it but stanley cup winner so and so and man it it just it's a different feeling about those guys yeah absolutely as you were saying that I, i suddenly started to think of you know, a couple of years ago, we would have circled Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares. These are the core players for the Leafs. There's no arguing that. And, and we would have put them all. If you go back even two years when, when uh, Tavares first joined the Leafs, they were all sort of up the same category. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could understand now that Matthews has left that category and is above those other three players by, by a fair margin. Yes, oh, without question. And I think Marner is 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 slowly seeping into a uh, maybe a secondary category, and there there might be a, a third category um, to me of of Tavares and Nylander right now. Or I mean, if you want to rank them one through four, maybe let's do that. And I'd say it's Matthews level above everybody else, and and by quite a distance, um, Mitch Marner, uh, then maybe Tavares slightly below, and then Nylander. That's how I'd put it right now. Uh, but there is no question that that Matthews. Uh, far and away is is doing things that uh, the other three guys are just simply not capable of on on a daily basis. Marner's been really good this year, and let's let's be clear on that. And I've oh, talked yeah. to some people who will make make the case that Marner, um, you know, pound for pound all around, is the best player on this team. Um, Dave Boland, for instance, former former Leaf, um, big fan of Mitch Marner. He said it on Twitter last night. He's been consistent on his belief that Marner's the best Leaf since the uh, the summer that Marner was an RFA. Um, and maybe you can make an argument there. He puts up a ton of points. He generates. He creates. He's pretty reliable in the defensive end. He kills penalties. He's a big part of the the, the penalty killing uh, unit. Maybe even more so than than Matthews is. So there's an argument to be made there. But you know, I just I put a premium, Jim. On, on the ability to shoot it in the net. Because that, to me, is, frankly, one, what the game is all about. And, and two, I think, um, is the hardest thing to do in the league. Like, it's really, really hard to score goals. And like we talked about at the beginning of the, the chat here, Matthews just makes it look so easy. So um, people are, are suggesting that in order for Matthews to be in the heart contention this year, he can't be a Cy Young winner. In other words, he can't have 50 goals and uh, 21 assists. He needs to he needs to up the assist numbers. But but man, like if you score with that level of proficiency, to me that that might balance out uh, a little bit of a uh, a deficiency in in assists that may drop him down the Art Ross race. If he laps the field in terms of goals by seven or eight or nine goals, which which he could. That could balance it out for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just uh, I, I call a Matthews goal the silencer, and I used to call I still do a Malkin goal the silencer because Malkin has that 
shot. It's so heavy that mm-hmm. when he lets it go, you just go, whoa, look at that. And it just stuns the crowd or the people on the ice. Austin yeah. Matthews has that same ability. His release is, is unbelievable. It's got all kinds of zap on it. And when it, when he lets it go, you go, oh, look at that. Yeah. No, the goal that, he's, that, the goal that, that he scored against uh, Vancouver, I forget in which game it was, but it was the, the one where it was a turnover at the blue line. And then he stepped around Jalen Chatfield in the slot. And then it was in the net. And Sheldon Keefe's quote uh, after the game regarding that goal really stuck with me. Just the way he put it and the tone of his voice he, he, and, and the phrasing. He said, it all happens so fast. And that's really what it was, right? Yeah. Like it's turnover. Oh, around back. Oh, it's in the net. Oh, my God. What just happened there? And you just you don't see that from from basically – anybody in the nhl scoring goals like that you, you just really don't and the phrasing the way you put that it all happens so fast i mean well, just really struck with me think about uh you know when he does the peel off for the for the one timer that's brad hall oh yeah yeah and that and that's another aspect of his game that that he's really he's really added is is that one timer on his off wing like in the years past it always seemed he was on his strong side and it allowed him to protect the puck, obviously, because his body is, is toward the slot. So he can leave the puck out on the, on the boards and he would curl it in. And with his strong wrists, uh, he'd get a shot off. And he still does that at times. Um, but now um, his ability, I think his footwork is even quicker now because he's able to dart into a soft spot on his, his off wing just at the time the puck is coming and get that shot off before the defenders can even react. So it's opened up a threat for him on the other side of the ice. It's, ex- it's essentially expanded his game a um, hundred feet where you don't just have to worry about him on one side of the ice. Um, well, uh, whatever the width of the, the rink is, what is it? 85, 40, 40 feet. Math is yeah. difficult, but it's essentially it's widened the ice for him. So he's now a threat all over the ice. You can't sell out on him. He can beach anywhere on the ice. Oh, I totally agree with that. He is, uh, he's rounded into, uh, well, he's, he's reached the next level. I mean, you saw hints of it in the past, but on a nightly basis, I just wonder how you would, I know you'd have to stick somebody to him if you were playing him like Montreal did with what Dano on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, and even on a four out of seven series, I think that coverage would break down. I, I don't know how you could contain him for seven games. No, no. I mean, <laughs> no one's been able to contain him for one game for the past 14 um, the way he's been scoring and, and has points in, in 14 consecutive games. So over the span of a seven-game series, I just think that kind of talent uh, will win out, especially the way the game is nowadays where you can't latch onto the guy and hack and whack and water ski off him. You do that, you're going to go into the penalty box, uh, and then he's going he's gonna to pick you apart from the, uh, the face-off dot on one-timers in the power play. Okay, I'm going to ask producer Mike to bring in the dramatic music because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those listening on wired or wireless earbuds, it's time for the Leafs Guy edition of Yes Guy, No Guy. Yes Guy, No Guy number one. Austin Matthews will score 50 goals this season. Ooh, uh, bold, Jim, but yes, guy. I, I think the way he's going right now and the fact that uh, you look at the success that he's had against the six opponents that he's played against, and that those are going to be the only six opponents that he's going to face all year, I don't see a way that you're going to stop him. He's scoring a goal, if not two, by ease every single night. Um, I don't, I don't see this slowing down, and I see 
if he does go a game or two without scoring, I also see at, at, at one point this year, if not more, there's going to be a game or two where he drops in three. That'll catch him right back up. So, yeah, um, yeah yes guy on that. I really think he's going to get it, which would be wild because if you prorate that over an 82 season, again, math is hard, but that's got to be, what, in the 70 range? Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah, somewhere in there. I yeah. to have to go to the uh, the slide rule to figure that out. <laughs> oh, it's broken. I'm sorry. Yes, guy, no guy number two. The Tavares-Nylander combo will go on to bigger and better things. It better if the Leafs are going to win anything. That's, that's the issue here, right? Um, as good as Matthews and Marner have been, they need Tavares and Nylander to start getting something done at five on five because name me the last time a team has won a Stanley Cup. Uh, where one line is providing the bulk of the production. It, it, it just doesn't happen. So um, it, it's going to have to. Um, so I guess yes guy, but a qualified yes guy because the talent is there, certainly on Tavares and Nylander's part. Um, I just don't know what the issue is right now. Is Is... I don't know if commitment is the right word because people will get agitated by that. I don't think it's a lack of care, but they're just not doing the things that they need to do away from the puck to turn themselves into legit threats in the offensive zone. They're, they're one and done too much. They're not commanding the play. So um, a little bit of concern there, but I'll say Nylander had a really good year last year playing largely with Tavares. So I, I think they will get it together at some point. The good thing is Leafs have got a great record right now, so it buys them time to allow some of the guys on the group that have been a little bit slow to figure it out. Okay, yes guy, no guy number three. A totally healthy Leaf team is the best in the NHL. Uh, no guy, no guy. I still think Tampa totally healthy on paper is better than this Leafs team, and by totally healthy, that includes Steven Stamkos and uh, Nikita Kucherov in the lineup. And come playoff time, uh, what I'm hearing is that Kucherov will likely be back. Um, so I think up front, when you when you factor in a point and you factor in Sorelli uh, and Coleman and Goudreau, uh, there's a lot of good quality players up front. But then on the back end, I think Tam's blue line is superior to the Leafs when you factor in uh, Victor Hedman, who is the, the, the best defenseman on either team, and it's not close. And then you mix in guys like Ryan McDonough on, on the back end in Tampa Bay. I think their blue line's a bit better, and I think goaltending is just as good, if not potentially a little bit better as well, with Andre Vasilevsky. So Tampa, to me, would be a, a team ahead of Toronto when fully healthy. So no guy on that leaves being the best team fully healthy in the NHL. So we'll end on a no guy. Dave, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Top Man. Great to be on with you. Last minute of play in this podcast. Well, there's that time warning from PA announcer Mike Ross. Rossi, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's go. Lickety split. Yes guy, no guy awards. And I have to tell you, there are no no guy awards to hand out here. Yes guy too. Austin Matthews. Five goals and three assists for eight points against the Ottawa Senators this week. This kid is on fire. He now sits with 16 goals 
and is on his route to, I don't know, 50 goals. That was our yes guy, no guy. I think he can hit 50 goals, and he would have missed only one game so far, and you hope he's healthy the rest of the way, but a solid yes guy there. Solid yes guy to Joe Thornton. Two goals and four points, or sorry, four assists for six points. Jumbo back in the lineup and playing a big role on that top line, and Mitch Marner had a goal and four assists for five points, and so Mitch Marner is doing well. Uh, The Leafs, after that fiasco on Monday night, atoned for their giveaway and played solid tight checking on Wednesday night and Thursday night blew the Senators off the ice. So we give a partial yes guy to the Leafs team. Leafs schedule gets interesting Saturday night in Montreal, then back home for a Monday-Wednesday hosting of the Calgary Flames. And then a week Saturday, they go to Edmonton for three, follow that up by two in Vancouver. So plenty of stuff is on the way. Hope you enjoyed Episode 12. Hope you return for Episode 13 of Leafs Guy on Tuesday.